Welcome to the Cosmic Collective Podcast. I'm your host and psychic medium, Mads, and in this community, we talk about all things spiritual awakening, higher consciousness, and unlocking the path back to your soul. Welcome to the Collective. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for just bearing with me the last 24 to 48 hours while I tried to sort out um, what I was going to record for this week. I do have some pre-recorded episodes. They're just topics that I'm not like ready to dive into just, just yet. And I never want any of my content on any of my platforms to be forced or feeling like I have to show up just because I have a commitment. And obviously I am very committed to this podcast and to serving the collective, but there is just this divine feminine within me. I'm predominantly feminine and I really thrive with doing things in flow when they feel organic and in alignment while I'm doing them. So for example, my website that is finally up (laughs) and relaunched took me a couple of months to do because I, I wanted to write parts of the website in an organic way that was so aligned to me. And I find when we force ourselves to show up when we don't have anything in mind from the heart space, it just creates this energetic resistance. And this is something that I honestly try to move away from. I really want everything to come with ease. And so with that, I really felt on the weekend that I didn't, I just really didn't know what to talk about. And I I had done all of these polls earlier in the week and it really gave me a lot of clarity on what it is that you guys want to listen to. I think at first I was taking this very masculine approach. I'm very much in my masculine energy this year. That's kind of been the energetic theme for me. And I love that, but my the way that I live my life and specifically the way that I operate in my soul purpose in my career is um, very led by my divine feminine energy. And I got into this bit of, um, I guess, hyper-masculine energy of needing to pre-plan everything, needing to structure everything. And it's, uh, I find it overcomplicates things for me personally because then like I'm looking at my calendar right now in my office and there is a completely different theme of content for the week and um, I just don't feel energetically connected to that, what I have structured. And I'm going to definitely talk about the feminine and masculine energy coming up. I think this is something that I need to talk about soon because I've just been seeing it a lot in my client work, all of this conversation and healing surrounding the integration of the feminine and the masculine, what it means to be in aligned 
energies integrating the polarity within and this is something that I am taking to new heights in my life as well of really understanding how to move my career forward which is a a masculine energy but doing it in a way that is aligned to the feminine which is the creator which is flow and so I decided on Sunday um to just take a step back for a minute because I really was honestly kind of stressing out about what to talk to you guys about because and I I thank you so so much I so appreciate all the feedback that you gave me Um, you guys are craving those longer episodes those more tangent style what's in your head kind of content and I really I really fuck with that I'm not gonna lie it feels like my heart just did a flutter and I felt that move all the way up my chakras. So um, I'm really excited to continue evolving and growing alongside the alongside the information and knowledge and insight that I can provide you when you are desiring it. So I was cleaning my apartment yesterday and again, was really brainstorming like, okay, I have the day to think about it because I don't need to record and get it posted for midnight. But still, like, what am I, what am I talking about? And my higher self, she said, what's your conflict right now? Like, what are you conflicted about? And the the transparent answer to that is because I'm always channeling, constantly like I I live connected there's never a time where I'm not connected and not channeling and because of that sometimes I struggle to extract a particular topic of information that I think would be interesting but not more not not so much interesting but more so if it's going to serve where you are currently in your journey because my role here is to share what I know, to share my experience in spiritual um, awakening, kundalini, all of these esoteric things. But I'm also meant to share these things in a way that is aligned to what the collective I'm serving is currently experiencing. And I was just really struggling with that. And she said, my higher self, she said, what if you don't channel a topic necessarily? What if you just come on and talk? And even me sitting here right now, I'm like, I'm literally telling these people a tangent, like, why are they listening to me? (laughs) So thank you for tuning in. Um, But, but my higher self, she asked me, why, why don't you just talk about something then something that doesn't require channeling or, as much higher connection to convey a message and she prompted me to think about what that topic would be and then I remembered that I had asked you all um, to ask me questions about my sobriety journey and interestingly enough I I just came to open up the the recording file in my program and recognized that or noticed that um, I actually recorded part of that episode, I think half of the episode on February 21st and today is March 21st. So I thought 
wow, this is really synchronistic. I'm obviously meant to be sharing this right now. And the reason I really feel like this is in alignment with what the collective might be experiencing, whether you are trying to get sober, whether you're trying to kick another bad habit, whether you're trying to start new habits is because yesterday, March 20th, we had uh, we entered Aries season around 11 a.m. Eastern time, and this marked the spring equinox. And for those of you who are unaware, the spring equinox is the astrological new year. That is why oftentimes this time of year feels like more of a new year, a rebirthing period rather than January 1st. Hint, hint, the Gregorian calendar really fucked uh, for a lot of different reasons and so I figured that with new year energy with rebirth energy comes new habits comes new mentalities new desires to become the best version of yourself because it's spring and in terms of manifestation winter is when we we heal we hibernate and we plant these energetic seeds for growth And in the spring, these seeds of growth start to blossom, Um, just like the trees, just like the flowers, just like the whole nature process. And so I thought that this would be a very synchronistic time to talk to you all about um, my journey of raising my my frequency through sobriety. And again, it's so synchronistic because I was going to record this episode this morning and now it's late afternoon and it's so perfect because before I hopped on, I was just scrolling Instagram and I came across a a story that um, actually Lior Alexandra posted talking about weed (laughs) and that is what I am sober from and I screenshotted what she had to say because Um, I actually want to share it all with you in today's episode because I think that it is, I think it's going to be relevant. Uh, I think it's going to be insightful because it was insightful even for me um, to read. So I really want to jump into this. This is probably going to be one of those longer episodes. Uh, I'm trying not to edit too, too, too much. I'm trying to keep these really organic and just kind of flow with it um, this week. So a little bit about my sobriety journey before I get into your questions. I started, so what I am sober from is weed. Um, I had a, a very big problem, uh, a very big substance abuse issue with weed. And it's so interesting because so many people think that, oh, you can't get addicted to weed. You absolutely can, and I'm going to explain how this happens. Yes, it's more of an emotional addiction, but I actually went through, I believe, two or three rounds of a syndrome called um, cannabidiol hyperemesis syndrome, CHS, if you've heard of it. And basically, I was so addicted to weed that it was making me sick, but not having the weed in my system was also making me sick. So there is a physiological component to it as well. And we're going to talk about that. Um, I started smoking weed in 2018, actually in March of 2018. So this is very like, wow, (laughs) this is very full circle for me. 
And I started smoking because there was a lot of emotional pain that I was dealing with. And it was related to certain circumstances in my life, more so at the time, but definitely had to do with childhood trauma. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't think that the specifics of what I was kind of running from are important, just that I was running from an emotional wound within myself. And I met this guy and, you know, um, found out he was, you know, he could hook me up in, in, in that way. And um, I started smoking and I went into it pretty pretty heavy right off the bat um I'm really trying to think back on this time and it's honestly not it's not a blur um but I was already so dissociated from my forefront consciousness because of the emotional pain, the depression, the anxiety that I was experiencing. And a little bit of a mental health trigger warning here with um, suicide. I started heavily smoking weed about a few days after I had a suicide attempt, which would have been March 15th of 2018. So I was going through a lot of pain. (laughs) I was really not okay. And this was a familiar feeling for me, unfortunately. I struggled with suicidal ideations as early as, I want to say, 10 or 11. I remember being 11 years old and wondering, you know, how many pills in my mom's medicine cabinet would kind of take to do the job. And... When I think about that retrospectively, I just, um, my heart just feels some type of way because 11 is so young and it's unfortunate that this is more common than we might be led to believe in society and that just really breaks my heart. But all of this to say that I was in deep emotional pain and at this point I was really fighting my spiritual journey. I had already gone through my pre-awakening phase and my awakening was starting to take place. A bird just flew by as I said that and it's like having a hard time flying. So that's just good God. Um, The signs are everywhere, but I was really fighting it. I couldn't tell you why because it was not conscious. Um... I didn't know that I was going through a spiritual awakening. I know I kept being mentally prompted to dive into traumas and I was in therapy and I was on medication, but there was something that was very resistant inside of me. And I really think that when it comes to awakening and healing, you have to be ready for it. And March of 2018, I wasn't ready and I didn't become ready until September of 2019. Um, So about a year and a half later. So when I say I understand how difficult the awakening journey can be and how how hard it can be to clear karma, I, I say it from a place of experience. And so with all of this, 
I, I started smoking weed very, very heavily, very quickly. It wasn't, I obviously, no one intends to become addicted to anything. However, my mother does struggle with active addiction. And I'm just going to leave it there because her life is not mine to speak on. But this does run in my family. It is very strong in my family and it's very close in generation to my family. And so because of this, I've always known that I have to be careful with the substances I chose to dabble in. And because of that, I've never touched hard drugs because I know I know factually that if I had, um, I would not I would not be here today. I would have been very reckless, very careless. It would have been very dangerous. So when I started smoking, I was I was in a deep spiral. Um, I remember one of my my university friends at the time, we would we were both five feet tall and like a hundred hundred and something pounds. And um, we would polish off each a bottle of wine a night and then take edibles. And it was just not a good thing because we would do this like two, three nights a week in a row. And I remember the thing is, too, is with how much conscious awareness I've had throughout my life and during these moments and phases of deep pain, I would choose to ignore I remember this was before weed got legalized there was um, an illegal dispensary very very close to where my residence was and um, I remember going and they had these THC capsules so basically it's just THC oil in a pill form and I was like this is perfect because you're not allowed to smoke on residence property or in residence that was also a rule that went out the window very quickly um and it wasn't legal at the time so smoking in public um wasn't allowed and I remember getting these THC pills and they were there were some that were like 10 milligrams which like if I were to do that now oh my god like my heart I would I don't I don't know if I would make it <laughs> obviously I would it wouldn't kill me but oof, that would be brutal and I remember that month in March taking a 25 milligram THC capsule and shit you not you guys I was stoned for 24 hours and I'm talking like actively stoned for about 16 to 18 of those 24 hours and I slept with it, obviously. It didn't do shit. I woke up just as stoned as when I went to bed. And I remember the next, that, that morning when I woke up, I remember being like, wow, I'm just as high as I was last night. This is great. And I remember having this, this thought in my higher consciousness of this is a problem. The thought that that fact that I just had that thought that this is great that I, I can numb out and I don't have to worry. That's a problem. This is going to be a problem. And my ego said, nah, I can control it. I can control it. And I also told myself this narrative because it wasn't hard drugs. And that's what I witnessed um, 
growing up and, and seeing addiction was alcohol and hard narcotics. And so I told myself, it's just weed. It's just weed, Maddie. It's just weed. Well, this turned into a deep spiral. And by the time the summer of 2018 rolled around, I had gained a lot of weight. Um, munchies were real. I wasn't nourishing my body. Um, it was a really, it was a really tough time. And I remember one day I had two jobs at the time and they were pretty easy jobs. And I remember one day my roommate wasn't home and I thought to myself, I wonder if I can do my job kind of high. And wow, I just like, I'm like feeling all these like, it's, it's very reflective for me to sit here and talk about this because I haven't, I haven't talked about this. Like I, I write about it, but, um, it's different when you hear yourself speak on something out loud. And I'm just, I'm so grateful to be so far removed from this. But I remember thinking to myself, no one's home. If I smoke right now and go to work, no one's going to know. No, like, <laughs> cue the TikTok sound. Nobody's going to know. <laughs> and um, so I rolled a joint at my kitchen table like I did every night. But it was not nighttime. It was mid-afternoon and I was going in for an evening shift. And I was like, I'm just going to take a couple hits. I'm just going to take a couple hits. And I did. I didn't smoke a full joint. Um, but I, I, I smoked weed and then I went to work and no one noticed. And if they did, they didn't say anything. So that started this habit uh, if I felt like, and I say this with quotes, if I felt like I needed it, um, in terms of my anxiety, I would just take a couple hits before going to work for my one job, not the other job though. Cause the other job was more serious. This was my mentality at the time. And then, you know, a little bit of time passes, the fall rolls around and that more serious job, quote unquote, becomes very, very easy. Cause I'm used to it. And, uh, then I start thinking to myself, hmm, I wonder if I can do that job high. And slowly there came this point in 2018, the end of 2018, where the first thing I did when I woke up was roll a joint and smoke weed. I would go to work high. I would do everything. There, there pretty well wasn't a time when I wasn't high. And I remember going home for Christmas at these times. And um, at least in 2019, I can't remember Christmas 2018, honestly, for the life of me. Um, I think I maybe brought edibles. Ah, yes, I did. I remember this. I brought edibles. I remember what I packed. <laughs> and... Um, even when I would go and visit home for different time periods at Christmas, um, I would be in and out of diff in and out of the house going to get high. And at that point, I didn't really care what people thought of if of how often I was smoking because 
on an emotional level, I really couldn't cope with what I was feeling emotionally, especially if I was in high trigger environments for my anxiety. It was just, it was too much at the time is what it felt like. And meanwhile, especially in 2019, I really started going through a lot of spiritual shit in 2019, purging different kinds of um, karma for my ancestral line, my own karma. And that just honestly on some level just made it worse on an emotional level because I didn't understand. Ooh, I just got a wave of my emotions from back then. Ooh. I didn't understand why these things were happening. And it frustrated me and it triggered my emotions. It triggered my anxiety. And so it took me a really big um, karmic lesson in September of 2019 to be like, okay, I need to get my shit together. I can smoke weed, that's fine, but I can't keep running from the shit that I'm going through because it's causing problems. I need to face this shit. And I'm really grateful for that experience because of what it taught me. And I grew so much that that month. I, I grew in so many ways that the, the remainder of 2019. And when 2020 came along, I was unemployed, um, which is a whole other story. I was actually fired because of my anxiety. So at this point, the weed wasn't helping. I was also working a job at a bar where everyone is stoned all of the time. And so when I lost that job, I was like, okay, it's a blessing because I'm around people who are partiers and this is not good for me. This is going to, this is about to get dangerous really quick. I was starting to get into habits that weren't good for me. Um, starting to do things that just weren't, they just weren't good for me. And, um, so I was applying for jobs and I got hired as a flight attendant for a major Canadian airline. And I was so excited. I felt like I had finally figured my life out. And it gave me a lot of hope because at this point I had already really, really gone through a lot of my Kundalini awakening. I had just gone through my entire first phase, arguably a big part of my second phase as well. Um, at this point, yeah, no, if I'm looking back at it in 2020, yeah, I had gone through the first two phases of my Kundalini and I was like, okay, I'm ready for this. I had been meditating. I had been expanding myself. I had really been connecting with myself and to spirit. I would say very heavily from May of 2019 onward was when I was really going through this big, big, big Kundalini awakening, which ended up taking me about just less than a year from May of 2019 to March of 2020 was when it really took um, took effect for me. And so with this job that I got with this airline, I had to take a drug test. And let me tell you, this is how I know the divine is constantly working through me, minus the fact I'm connected to it and I can channel it at literally like any second. Um, at this point, I knew that the divine was working in my favor because I was really struggling to get sober. 
I had told myself countless times in 2019, I think even 2018, this is my last time buying this much weed. This is my last time doing this. This You know how many, if I had a dollar for every time I said this is my last time when it came to weed, I would be a millionaire. So let that just be a bit of perspective for you. So this job was really something that I saw as, okay, this is my chance. I'm going to get sober. I'm going to do it right. And I did. I got sober. And you guys are probably wondering, but Mads, you're not even a year sober. And that was in 2020. So like, what happened? Well, here's what happened. I got this job and I had to move back in with my parents for what was supposed to be one month until I flew out to British Columbia to train. And then obviously everyone in the world knows what happened in March of 2020 globally. I'm not even going to talk about it because not bringing attention to it. But um, obviously training, travel, everything was locked down and suspended. And they kept dangling the carrot in the sense of this is when class for training is going to be open. This is when it's going to be. This is when it's going to be. And the tentative date that I had gotten at the beginning of April of 2020 was for an end of June, early July training. And I was living back home, which was something that for my own independence, I said I would never do again because I really thrived being on my own in a lot of ways. And so I said, hmm, it's the beginning of April. July is several months away. If I need to take another drug test, which I've already passed, so I doubt they're going to screen me again until training, I can smoke from now until mid-June and be fine. And thus, 78 days of sobriety went down the drain. And it's important to note that there were people I was connected with who... um, encouraged smoking again and they are not responsible for me making that decision but it doesn't help (laughs) and so I've obviously become very very um how do you say that I've become very particular on the people I surround myself with and um anyone who encouraged that you know that part of me um from back then is no longer um, a connection so and it's not to say that there's anything wrong with them it's just it's not I can't have that for my own well-being I can't do that and so from March of 2020 until I believe it is June it's May or June I think it's June of 2021 June, yeah, it's June, June of 2021, I started smoking again, and I bet you're wondering, okay, but were you smoking as often? Oh, I was smoking more than I ever had before. Um, I didn't think my substance abuse could get worse, and it, it, got, it got worse. I was living at my parents' at the time, and they, they didn't care they're kind of they're like you're an adult you do what you want but you know make good choices for your life is kind of the way that my parents view things and I deeply respect that because I think if they had 
tried to force me to get sober, it just, I wouldn't be where I am because when you get sober, you need to do it for yourself. You can't do it because someone's telling you it's better for you to get sober. No matter how much they love you, no matter how much they're right, you have to do it entirely for yourself. So with that, I was, my parents worked, you know, typical day shifts at their jobs and my my stepmom would leave around any time between 8 and 8.30 for work. And I remember I would be up most mornings. I'm an early riser. And I would be like itching for everyone to leave the house so I could go and smoke. And thinking back on that, that's just like, it's sad to me. Um, it is a version of myself that... Although at this point I had healed so much, I was now working on healing the ancestral part of my lineage and that was just as overwhelming, if not more overwhelming than my own karma and my own healing. And so to think that you know, that was how I spent my mornings when my mornings are so different now. Um, it's just, it's wild to me. And so I would smoke multiple times a day, like twice in the morning, twice in the afternoon, and then once before bed. And at this point from 2020 to 2021, it wasn't more so... I'm smoking to not deal with emotions. It was more I'm smoking to deal with my emotions. And what I mean by that is when I first started smoking in 2018, it was so I didn't have to feel. It was so I could check out, be stoned, and like live a high life, like literally. When 2020 rolled around and I relapsed, I was smoking so that I could feel strong enough to go into feeling the emotions I needed to feel. So in this time period, I was using it, I was abusing it, let's be real. I was abusing it as a medicinal substance, which is in its own right problematic, but I was, I was doing the work. And so this is where my ego justified it not being a problem because I was still doing the work. I was still journaling. I was still meditating. I was still expanding and healing. But with a weed, whenever you go through this healing process and you're, you're abusing a substance, even like weed, you're veiling yourself. So yes, you are doing the work. Yes, you are healing. Yes, you are taking steps forward and that's a positive thing but you are limiting the depth in which you can reach by using substances and so this was something that I really started to realize in 2021 in the new year and I knew that I wasn't going to quit weed until after I got off of my anti-anxiety medication and was thriving without it so in February of 2021 I can't believe it's been a year holy crap but in February of 2021 I got off of my um, anti-anxiety medication and that was a rough process and there was a, a very very big neurological rewiring that was taking place in my brain 
And unfortunately, while this was happening, I ended up going through another trauma. And that only closed out in mid-April of last year. And so with what happened, when that trauma closed out and I had clarity and I was, you know, listening to my intuition rather than ignoring it at this time, I started realizing that weed was making me feel worse than it was making me feel better because before this trauma in 2021, weed helped me feel in control. Whenever I came out of it, I recognized that my intuition was strongest when I was sober and I had also just moved into a community Um, into a condo that was a smoke-free environment and I had done that intentionally because I wanted to get sober and I needed or I felt like I needed in my ego this extra motivation to help me stay sober get sober and stay sober and so as I began healing and going through my process in the spring and early summer of last year, I recognized that weed was a big source of anxiety where it used to be a mask for it, where it used to kind of uh, level it down. And in May of 2021, I started um, reducing my consumption I also started being more strategic with how I was consuming. So CBD, THC, one-to-one pills rather than smoking joints. Um, They have different effects on the body and that was something I could tolerate more. And then slowly I was able to, you know, I would do it at the end of the day when I was done working. And then I would do it every couple of days at the end of the day when I was done working And I remember the first time that I went a week without weed in in May of 2021. And it was a really liberating experience for me in a lot of different ways. A bird just flew by and you should have seen what its wings were doing. That was so cute and synchronistic. And so in June, I decided, okay, we're switching to CBD. And it was not CBD THC one-to-ones. It was just CBD capsules just to kind of help me take the edge off while I was acclimating um, to releasing this oral fixation habit that I had. And the reason people start doing drugs, especially things like smoking, is because of oral fixation, which means that during the second stage of childhood development, you were either emotionally neglected or you had a helicopter parent. Um, so I'll just leave that where that is. And mid June, I think it was like June 15th to 20th or something. I don't have the exact date. Um, I remember ordering a CBD joint just to see what would happen. And I didn't like it. And I threw the rest out. I took two hits and I threw it out because I was not having it. And I haven't picked up um, any weed or CBD since I have taken 1.5 milligram sublingual oil of pure CBD from 
a company that doesn't have any THC in it at all in since since June of 2021. So we're coming up on a year. And the freedom that I have experienced being sober on an emotional level is unlike anything I have experienced before. Because all of 2021, I was hit with these circumstances that really forced me to deal with things emotionally and and allow my intuition to speak through me and to trust it in every moment, no matter how hard it was for my inner child wounds, and to do that sober. And it was very freeing and led me to such a feeling of self-empowerment. And that is something that has kept me sober, is how empowered I feel. So I hope that that kind of makes sense for you all. I know I didn't touch on the CHS syndrome. I had CHS once in 2018, once in 2019, and a third time in 2020. Um, And basically... CHS is just whenever you get really, really sick. You guys can like look up the symptoms if you're interested. It's um, cannabidiol hyperemesis syndrome. Um, So you can look it up and I had all the symptoms for it. Basically, I would wake up and I would feel so nauseous and I couldn't eat. And the only thing that would cure the nausea and like maybe let me stomach food was the weed. Um, But the weed was causing the nausea and the sickness. Like my body was literally, it was intoxicated. So I hope that gives you a little bit of an idea as to what I was experiencing, why I kept smoking for so long, even while I was healing and um, continuing the ancestral portion of my kundalini. But I do want to get into some of the questions that you guys asked me. So I'm just going to pull those up. So there are a quite a few questions and I know we're approaching the 60 minute mark but I'm trying not to limit myself to time here so um, let's just get into it. One of you has shared with me and I'm not going to mention the person's name because I just don't know if that's public information or not but someone is also celebrating two years of sobriety and I just want to say congratulations because that is huge. That is huge. Someone asked, do you still think it's fine? Do you think it's still fine to smoke every now and then with friends? Listen, I think that if you can smoke recreationally without, you know, getting addicted to it like I did on any level, yeah, like knock yourself out. On a spiritual level, what I would recommend, of course, do as you wish. Weed is... It's a plant medicine. And so just be very mindful of who you're smoking with. Make sure it's good vibes. Um, it's also used as spiritual medicine, similar to ayahuasca. So, um, maybe we can talk about that another time. Personally though, for me, um, I can't smoke recreationally. I, I can't, I can't do that. Um, I, there have been several times in the past, you know, almost year now where, especially as of recently, like I'm walking by people who are like lighting up joints and it's just really interesting. And I know, like I have that feeling in my head, I have that feeling or that thought in my head where, oh, that must be so fun. It just must be so fun. But I, I know that I can't, um, I can't go back 
Nope. Um, somebody asked, why did you decide to get sober and how has it changed you? I decided to get sober because I was tired of feeling like I needed a substance to feel empowered. I was tired of feeling like I needed a substance to feel strong in life. It was really, it wasn't even emotionally. I knew at that point I could handle my emotions, but I really wanted to learn how to calm down after a long work day sober. I really wanted to do things that I thought were fun doing them sober. So that is why the way that it's changed me is that it's given me this immense sense of empowerment. Truly that I can like, I can do anything because I'm sober. Um, And knowing that nothing can take my sobriety away from me, it's 100% on me. It's just such an empowering feeling. Um, And I feel like it gave me not control back because I don't ever really want to say that I was, I was obviously out of control with the substance abuse, but it's given me this sense of like, I think that's all it is. It's just empowerment. It's just giving me the sense of empowerment about how I view my life, how I deal with my life, how I live my life. And the same person asked, not a question, but thinking of stopping weed, um, stopping smoking weed too, but my anxiety help. Has it helped or worsened your mental health? I literally stopped smoking because at some point it started creating more anxiety for me than aiding my anxiety which was really interesting for me to experience but um, the best thing that I can say is that the only way you are going to heal and transcend anxiety is if you face head-on the triggers whether that be internal or external that make you feel anxious. Um, I smoked weed for the same quote-unquote reason and it wasn't until I really went into it Um, went into the anxiety and decided to just embrace what I was feeling and question my mind in a third person point of view from my higher self to my ego, my higher self to my inner child to understand why I was feeling the way that I was feeling. That's, and that was happening in 2019 to 2020, like the six month overlap there. Um, that's when it it started getting better for me. And that's when I noticed that weed wasn't more so to block the emotions, but to help me understand them. And that brings me to the post that Lior shared today. This is what she said, quote, weed is a lower frequency, but some people's base frequency is lower than weed. Weed is also a bit different since it has a spirit attached to it. Whereas alcohol is an elixir in alchemy used to extract a soul, which was really cool information. Um, She was just answering someone's DM. Weed is a feminine spirit. So anyone who is super feminine and smokes a lot will become imbalanced. So you're just creating a hyper divine feminine energy. If someone is super masculine and smokes here and there, it helps them balance out. When we get imbalanced, either way, we can express depression on one side or anxiety on the other. Too much femininity can manifest in no motivation and laziness and eventually depression, end quote. So that's definitely something that I resonate with. So I would just kind of look at like what is triggering you um, and really just 
you have so much strength in you. You may not feel like it, but you have the strength. If you can identify what makes you anxious, you then have the strength to go in and investigate it. And this is something that I've helped a lot of my clients with. If you go and read the testimonials page on my website, um, I have clients who've literally transcended a lot of anxiety. Um, So has it helped or worsened your mental health? helped astronomically helped like 10 million percent helped my mental health no doubt about it someone asked how did you find or how have you found the courage and strength to say no um, and overcome temptation and cravings when did it start getting easier and why so Really what it comes down to for me is, do I want to induce anxiety within myself? If the answer is no, which for most people it's going to be no, then I'm not smoking because smoking gives me anxiety. But there there have been very, like maybe like a handful of times where I've like wondered or I've definitely had those nights or those moments where I'm kind of like, wow, it would be really nice to check out right now. And I've had to become very mindful um, and I've naturally become more mindful because of my own personal and spiritual practices, but of, okay, I just had that thought. Now I got to go do the work. Um, I got to go do the work. Why do I want to check out? And like I said, it's been maybe a handful of times in the past year and I just go into the deep healing work because that statement of my ego or my inner child saying I want to check out is really them saying I need a break I need an emotional break I need an energetic break I'm feeling overloaded I'm feeling overstimulated I need rest and so immediately I go into meditation meditation has been the one meditation and journaling have been the two things meditation is the top one that have helped me stay sober And it's not that I'm doing meditations about sobriety or about smoking or about addiction. It's just that I know how to set my day up. I know when I need meditation. I know when I need to journal. I know when I need these different self-care activities. I know when I need these different self-care tools um, to to feel better. And they're part of my daily life now. And that's really when it started to get easier is when... My morning routine just wasn't a morning routine anymore. It was a lifestyle. So there is nothing stopping me or anyone from meditating multiple times a day, journaling multiple times a day, going for walks, doing yoga multiple times a day. And in those early phases of really struggling, like maybe like last summer where I really wanted to smoke, I would really just go outside Um I would go outside and I would just connect with Mother Earth and I would put on an episode of Gaia or I would um, meditate or I would read. I would, I, it's just distraction, Um, but not distraction in an avoidant way, but distraction in a self-healing way. What can I do to nourish my emotional needs right now? And that has helped tremendously on making the process a lot easier. Um... Yeah, someone else asked, what would you do when you would get a craving? So I guess that kind of answers that. I would just do something different, something that would actually help me rather than detriment me. And meditation, like I said, meditation is one of those things. It's one of those things. 
um, that really helps you with introspection and understanding what you're feeling. Sometimes it was even as simple of just closing my eyes and asking myself like, okay, what do I feel? What am I feeling? Why, why would I want to smoke right now? What relief am I trying to find? Then I would get the answer. And then the next follow-up question would be, okay, how can I provide myself that relief in a different way? And that changed the game for me. And then the last question, um, tips on being the only one not drinking in a social setting. That is going to have to do with your confidence, your inner confidence, which is your solar plexus. So whenever you don't want to drink in, in a social setting or at all, you have to ask yourself, what is causing you to feel like you have to? Are people making you feel uncomfortable? If so, reevaluate your circle because anyone who loves you unconditionally and really wants your presence in an event or an experience doesn't care if you're sober or not. And if they know that being sober is the best thing for you, they're going to support and encourage that decision um, like without question. Like they're not even going to question you on it. If it's an internal thing, then you have to ask yourself, why do you feel obligated? Why do you feel enticed? Why do you feel compelled? Why do you feel motivated to drink in social settings when you get there, when your intention was not to? There is a deeper reason, a deeper wound, a deeper seeking of external validation or permission that you're looking for based on an inner child wound that is causing you to feel this way when you go into social settings and it's really just about becoming empowered and confident in your choices I would much rather be the sober Sally at a party and wake up the next morning go to the gym do my meditation go for a walk do all these health related things that actually progress me forward in my life than drink so much that my next day is a write-off because one of those things is taking from my life and the other is adding to my life and I would much rather be a part of the group of people even if that group of people is just me um, being in the habit of adding to my life rather than taking from it in any capacity so I hope that that helps give you some clarity on that. Um, of course, any of you who have questions, whether you sent them in or you have questions after listening to this, please send me a DM on my Instagram at madsmess or um, you can send me like an information form on my website. It's linked below. It's just madsmess.com. And I'm happy to have these conversations with you one-to-one. I know how difficult it is, especially with something like weed, to try and get sober because we think that it's not a problem, societally speaking or socially speaking, but it is. It definitely can be in the wrong circumstances. And it's where you just have to be really honest with yourself of, okay, am I going to admit to myself that I'm using this as a crutch? And then if the answer is yes, I admit this, then asking yourself, okay, what am I using this as a crutch for? And it's just these different levels of introspection and contemplation within the self that are going to lead you to the answer that is going to provoke the healing, which will then ultimately lead to the result of becoming sober. And 
like I said, I tried this many times. I tried getting sober many times. Um, many of those times because I had to. Like for example, back in the beginning of 2020 when I got sober, I did it because a job told me I had to. If I had had it my way, I would have been a high flight attendant <laughs> at the time. And that's why it didn't stick. That's why it lasted less than three months. And that's the difference between that time and spring, summer of 2021. It was because I did it for me. And you have to do it for yourself. Even listening to this this podcast and saying, I'm going to do it because she can do it or she did it so I should. Do it because you're ready. Do it because you've had enough of running from yourself. Do it because you've had enough of letting something be your crutch. Allow yourself to feel empowered and embody that strength and that courage that it takes to investigate your emotions, to dive through them. And I would recommend even doing something like I did, which was instead of using weed to numb out, start using it as a tool to introspect. Um, A lot of people who meditate when they're high have transcendental experiences because of the medicinal properties in weed and because of the spiritual, you know, relation that it has. So start using it in that sense. Meditate while you're, you know, you've, you've consumed. Journal. And rather than watching content like Friends or The Office or Family Guy, um, who is watching Family Guy? Because <laughs> that just came to mind and that's not, that, that was not, that was a channel. Um, <laughs> kudos to you. But instead, watch content that is uplifting. Watch content about reprogramming your brain. Watch Rewired by Dr. Joe Dispenza on Gaia. Read a book. Journal. Change your habits when you smoke weed and that will make the transition a lot easier for when you stop smoking weed because you did it gradually. So I hope all of this information has been helpful for those of you who are struggling and I hope that it was interesting for those of you who are not struggling with this but were interested in understanding my journey with sobriety. I can 1000% say that it has done nothing but raise my frequency, raise my connection to the divine. I am connected in a way that I definitely couldn't have achieved or attained while being um, abusive with substances. So yeah, I hope that you gained something from this and um, I'm really glad that I was able to, to share my experience with you all in hopes to help someone. So I have no idea what we're going to talk about on Monday of next week, but I'm sure it will be interesting, entertaining, or informational. And I hope that in the meantime, you have an incredible week, a wonderful spring equinox. Spring is here. The rebirth is here. We are blooming. We are growing. We are blossoming. And I hope that you have a really connected week with yourself. So... Remember, you are divine, you are loved, you are supported, and you are well-guided by your soul. Just tune into it. I'll see you in the next one.